Ahoy, and welcome into the Megalerverse. I am Dan Megler, social worker and life enthusiast, here to talk to you about mental health and pulling back the curtain on how mental health treatment works, sharing with you some of the experiences that I have had and some of my clients have had in uh, dealing and negotiating this planet and mental health struggles and things that go on with it. Today, I want to talk a little bit about ignorance versus stupidity and how do you know when you're dealing with someone who is just ignorant, meaning they've never been taught, and someone who's stupid, meaning incapable of learning, or at least those are the definitions that I'm using right now. I will often say to my clients, particularly a lot of my clients are female and young women who are going through the dating world, that all boys are ignorant and some boys are also stupid. And that doesn't just apply to boys, that applies to anybody, well, really anybody, but uh, particularly anyone with privilege. So I am, you know, I could be captain privilege because I am white, male, cis, able-bodied, speak English, have a, a college degree. You know, I've got pretty much other than being follically challenged um, and rhythm, rhythmically challenged, I can, not, not too much of a dancer. Um, I've got almost all of the privileges. And when you have a privilege, it takes extra effort to look outside of yourself and to listen and to understand the perspective of someone who has to go through this world in a way that the world wasn't built for them. And so, again, privileges don't make a person bad. They ju it just means it makes them ignorant. And so all, particularly young men, start out in this world not knowing the perspective of women um, because the world is generally built for men. By men, you know, like the institutions of society are controlled by men. And when we think of the dating world, men are... When we know this from brain research, men, male brains, we don't listen. When we when we listen less, about half as much of the brain lights up as when women listen. We're like a radio where we only have AM, and women have AM and FM, and they can pick up on different kinds of signals. And so for us, that means we're not necessarily picking everything up. So I had a client yesterday. We we're talking about. She's got this guy that she's dating, and he has so much potential. And she found that she's kind of in three months of dating, kind of fallen in love with that potential. But over and over, they've had conversations about his communication and how, you know, she'll, they'll, she's not a big texter, but if, if he starts a text conversation and she responds, then he won't respond for eight, 10, 12 hours. And that leaves her feeling really insecure and feeling weird. And again, that's not, I don't think anything that's abnormal. So one of the things that will often ask is, okay, is this thing that I'm expecting of another person, is this something that just I would expect or would anybody expect a response in more than less than eight hours for, again, especially when they started a text conversation. So she has had conversations with him about this and he said, yes, I'll improve on that. And then he doesn't make any change. So again, at first he was ignorant. He didn't know that this was an issue or a concern. Now, the question is, is can he learn? Can he make change? I talked to her and I've talked to, I have another client who is a young woman in college and she and her boyfriend have similar issues in that he will, he's just a, a classic dude. You know, he just doesn't think about things from her perspective. When she brings up an issue to him, he will often be very defensive at first and he'll try to defer and you know, put blame other places and or he will play this victim card. Of, oh, I just feel like I can't do anything right. And I'm just doing everything wrong so that she ends up having to comfort him when she was the one who was originally upset and bringing a grievance to him. 
the difference with him is that after they talk things through and he will really work to understand her perspective. And even though for him, understanding her perspective is like learning a, a new language. Like, you know, it's like, okay, he's having to learn French. He's having to translate everything into her perspective. But after he has learned it, he will take that into account and change things moving forward. With the previous client that I was talking about, you know, where this guy that with the communication, if time and time again, we're not making any change. And in, it's, I often will say to people, when, when you, if you bring up an issue to someone and they say, okay, well, yeah, that's important and they'll change that. But if they're only going to use willpower to make a change, that's probably not going to be an effective strategy. So we have to say, okay, well, what are we going to do differently? Did he have to put a reminder in his phone to say, hey, like just, just text, you know, we'll call her Bernice, you know, to text Bernice back or whatnot. Um, so what are we going to do differently? Because this idea of just using willpower to make change is unlikely to work. So she was wondering, do how much longer do I keep giving chances to? Well, in a, a dating relationship where, you know, and, and he's made very clear, they're not boyfriend and girlfriend, they're just dating. If the person is not making you know things comfortable if we're not enjoying it and we're not that far along if we don't have a business together if we don't have children together we don't need to keep going i said that fall she had fallen in love with his potential i found in coaching i i coached uh, high school lacrosse for 14 years and for young coaches new coaches <laughs> one of the biggest challenges is they will look at a player's potential and they'll see this talent that a, a kid may have and they will fall in love with that and they will not, they'll become very angry when that player doesn't have the level of commitment that they say, oh, if you would just, if he would just care. Well, if he cared as much as you care, you, you are, you became a coach. You obviously love the sport so much that you dedicated, you know, time outside of your regular world. Most people aren't that into whatever it is. They will not have your level of dedication. And so they will spend time playing, putting, giving playing time to a player with more potential, but ignore the guys who don't have as much potential, but they show up every day and they give you their best. And we have to not fall in love with just someone's potential. We have to look at who are they showing up as day after day. And we can work with a person to develop the best in them. And that's what, you know, the girl who, the college girl who her boyfriend works and listens, what she says, you know, when, when she wants to hold him accountable, we've talked about saying, I'm not asking you, 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 it's not that you can't do anything right. In fact, you do so many things right. I'm just asking you to be the best version of yourself. And sometimes that might seem like a high standard, but that's what when we think of good coaches. Good coaches don't just allow anything to happen. They, they hold their players, their athletes accountable, but they say, this is the best version of you. This is what I see. This is the potential that I see you could become. And I want, and I, I'm not asking you to do anything that you're incapable of. In the example of the the girl who was dealing with the, the the guy that she's dating, who just won't text back, we said either there was one or two possibilities. This issue with communication is something you either can't fix because he his brain just doesn't work that way, or it's not worth it to him. Either way, if we've talked about this two or three times in a in a connection that's only been going on for three months, and you're not enjoying it. Well, maybe it's time to move on because either we are being unfair to this person. We're asking him to try to have a different brain perspective that, that just is not natural to him, or it's something that he just doesn't really want to do that badly. Either way, 
she's feeling stressed because she has this expectation that's not being met. And so it's time to move forward and say, okay, I've, I've, I've reached out, I've tried to correct, I've given indications of how this could be done. And if it's not something that the person wants to do, all right, let's move forward instead of banging our head against the wall and feeling like we're blaming. Another challenge, a red flag in the, the situation is when we fight, there's a, a way of fighting fair. When we watch pro wrestling versus boxing, we see the difference between how, how to fight and fight fairly and not fight fairly. In boxing, there are rules. You're not allowed to punch below the belt. You're not allowed to do things like that. In pro wrestling, we see that you'll, you might tag another person who's not part of the fight. You bring a chair into the ring. And in our actual arguments with another person, that's how people who bring up stuff that's not germane to the fight, who say really nasty things just because they want to win the fight, they fight to destroy. And that's a technique that we often learn in our family of origin, that if I lose this fight, then, you know, I'm not going to like be able to get up again. Another technique that's sometimes used in fights is to act with disdain, um, a true lack of respect. I am guilty of this sometimes. My wife will complain. I'm a major eye roller. I have a bad problem with. I roll my eyes when I find something that I just don't agree with or something that I find to be not worthy of respect or thought. And that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> that's something um, I wish it's, uh, I claim that it's involuntary. I really think it is. I don't even notice when I'm doing it. And yet the, like what a level of disrespect that communicates. And so when we are expressing a level of disdain for the other person's argument, then that's, that's a red flag. It's something that we have to watch out for when we're not feeling like we can share ideas. And even if the idea is not something that's practical, it should be cared about. And particularly when we're dealing with anxiety, I was talking with, um, last night I was with a group of friends and we're talking about the, uh, recent Olympians and, you know, tennis, uh, players and whatnot, who, didn't want to go and deal with press conferences and things like that and how their anxiety was affecting things. And so my friends were saying, you know, why can't they just get up there and do it? And the reality is when we have anxiety, the idea of facing a mob of reporters who want to ask questions that are designed to embarrass or throw you off your guard just so that they can get a 13 second clip for the news, that can feel like facing, you know, a bunch of angry wolves. It literally feels that way. So the idea of saying, well, why can't they just get up there and do it? Or just don't answer the questions or just, you know, that's, it's, again, that comes from ignorance, ignorance of how that really feels for a person who has anxiety. And so again, once they, I, I share that with them again, now imagine yourself having to go into a room with a bunch of hungry wolves, <laughs> like okay, your brain can't forget like that's, that feels truly dangerous. Now, if we've been taught that and we still choose to ignore it, well, that's not the way I feel. So therefore you shouldn't feel that way. When my wife and I were, before we were married, she would sometimes hesitate to express to me things that were important to her because they were irrational. So she really did not want to get married before she had finished her MBA. And she didn't have a, a particularly important reason for that, but it was important to her. Well, it doesn't matter why, if it's important to you, then we need to deal with it and it needs to come out into the open. And so we, you don't necessarily have to have, and, and I'm sure if we drilled down, there was be some, something that she wanted to have that like it made her feel an important 
um, part of her identity was established before coming into a marriage where she was joining with someone else. That's fine. I, I didn't have any issue with it. But when she wasn't expressing that and she was expressing other things that were kind of false, making other reasons up because she this the, this core issue, this thing that she wanted, this thing that was important to her, she felt like she couldn't explain. Well, then that that becomes now we're solving the wrong problem. So we were going around in circles because I was trying to come up with solutions for the other problems that she was listing. And and that's so we have to whatever the problem of the issue is, we have to feel like we can uh, be respected. In that. So when knowing like, how do I decide if this person, this partner, this business partner, anything when it's time to move away from it? Any relationship is when carrying our baggage together is easier than carrying it separately. And so for the one young woman who is like dating a guy for three months, it's time to move away when we're just really not enjoying it, when this relationship is creating more stress. And despite all the potential that this person has, if we brought it up a few times, it, again, if things aren't great in relationships in the first couple of months, like that's the time when things are supposed to be really, really good. And after we've seen what a person's, I, I don't think you can really say that you love someone and know that until you've seen their more negative side, until you've seen how they fight. But after we've seen that, and if we felt like we don't feel like we're respected in the way they, they communicate and fight, it's fine to say, I want to move on. And that there might be a better fit for that person and a better fit for us. In the case of the other person, you know, again, ignorance of a thing does, is not necessarily a deal breaker. That we can train a person up. And you're, no matter how much dating experience a person had, no matter how much experience a person had with... Uh, other people of, again, the opposite sex, or if you're a person who is, you know, culturally, you're from Barbados or whatever, and they've dated other people from there, like each one of us has our own owner's manual and we're different than our cousins and our friends and the other people we grew up with. So every single person that you encounter is ignorant to you and what your needs are. And so we can find that we, we, we have to take the time to educate a person about what our needs are. But then if after trying to educate them, the person doesn't put that thing into practice and they don't make change, then we have to wonder, okay, is this ignorance or stupidity? And do I, am I gonna keep trying to force something through that this person is no more capable of learning than a horse is capable of learning how to read? Even a really, really smart horse can't read. And even a person who has you know, three doctorates and you know, can do the New York Times crossword puzzle in half an hour, if they can't understand your owner's manual, it doesn't mean they're not intelligent, but it, it, you know, so that, that term stupidity, it just means that they are incapable of learning you and what your needs are. And it's okay to move on. So if you have thoughts, questions, feel free to email me at daniel.magler, M-A-I-G-L-E-R, at L-I-V-E.com. And let me know if you have topics or things that you would like for me to address. Otherwise, until the next time we talk, remember that you can do whatever it takes to get you through this world. You are just not allowed to die.